I'll tell you one thing about Sheikh Walid al-Sunni. Uh, there's a lot. He was walking one time, teaching a class, a Maghrib class, and he tripped uh, due to one of the electric wires. Yeah. And when he tripped, the first thing he said was Bismillah. And that's not easy. Yeah. Because it's so un- uh, subconscious. So this kind of, I'm like, I was so impressed. And out of the whole class, I would say the highlight of my class, some people are like, come on, you're exaggerating. No, one of the highlights of this whole weekend was when he was about to fall off a wire because that was subconscious. Yeah. When you teach, you can, I'm not saying act, you can, it's a performance, you yeah, know, yeah. you can, but when you are about to fall, that's it is when, who you are. Yeah, your true colors show up. And that's what the Prophet Sallallahu he teaches that's us true. that, the uh, so the true patience pop up the moment you're struck with a calamity, right? Yeah. So I was just things like that we all learn. Like most Muslim youth, I knew Islam was the truth, but never took time to study my own deen. I mean, I tried many times to open my eyes, but the style kept putting me to sleep. One day I heard a brother say he was going to a class round the way So I decided I would make my way and see what they had to say And I must say it was like nothing that I had ever seen So many young people all in love with their dean For once I felt community, so much unity was new to me The instructors reached out to me and taught me Islam beautifully They made the gray clear and were experts in their fields Professional and exceptional like the answer to my prayers I never wanted the weekend to end so many gems and new friends and now I recommend that everybody should attend city to city the impact is pretty amazing inspiring an entire nation Al Maghrib Institute not your typical college or school but a chance to change your life now what's your excuse Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh this is your temporary host Omar Suleiman who knows I might get the permanent gig uh, for Islam 21C Unscripted, our podcast. Alhamdulillah, we're here at Ilmfest in Birmingham, the ICC Arena. And we have with us another special guest who's uh, asked to be called uh, Father Majid. But judging by his slicked hair, I may have to call him Godfather Majid. MashaAllah. Brother Majid. Brother Majid. <laughs> <laughs> Father. <that's> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were just having a joke earlier, actually. And um, I feel, okay, Brother Majid, but. He's also Ustad Majid. He teaches with Al Maghrib, and so I asked him, what, what, "What title do you prefer, Sheikh or Imam or Ustad?" And he's like, "Brother Majid." Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, mashallah. You know, the thing about titles, uh, sometimes let the people provide the title and not yourself, depending on your situation. Yeah. And uh, for, for for now, maybe later on down the year uh, or the years come white hair, you know, grayish oh, yeah. coming, and maybe the <laughs> sheikh from a linguistic, I mean, elder, right? Yeah. But as of now, preference is brother or even first name, just Majid, uh, that works oh, yeah. as well. Okay, mashallah, yeah. mashallah, okay. that's good, good. Exactly. So, Majid, where are you from? What's your background? Uh, so, I live in uh, Detroit, Michigan, in the United States. Will no. people get that reference? Uh, as in, uh, put ooh. your hands up. I don't get that reference. Person. Oh, my. Yeah. There was a famous song I was told by Mahmoud and he used to go, put your hands up for Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> I moved to Detroit <laughs> five years ago. Okay. Plus, I don't listen to music. So. No, no, I, I, see, I, this is old school. Old I, school. I, I just got you in trouble. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call Robocop on you. <laughs> Another <laughs> Detroit reference for those who don't know. <laughs> that, one, that one I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's where I live at the uh, moment. I used to live in Canada most of my life. Oh, whereabouts in Canada? 
20 minutes away from Detroit, which is a city called Windsor. Windsor, okay. Uh, about three hours south of Toronto. Three hours south? So you're quite near the border then? Huh? Yes. Ah, mashallah. Okay. And yes. you were born and brought up in? No, I was born in Saudi Arabia. I know. Another next Saudi. Yeah. No, not Saudi. Yeah. No, no. They, you can live there for years and no, you won't, you won't be. Where are you from? As in, what's your heritage from then? How far up do you want me to go? At least two generations. Where were you born? I was born in the UK. So if someone asks you where you're from, what do you say? I say I'm of Pakistani heritage. Okay. Where was your father born? Pakistan. So you stopped at, so you were not born in Pakistan, yet you attribute yourself to it, correct? Yeah, yeah. So some people are like that. But the thing is that why do you stop at your father? Why not you go to your great-grandpa, great-great-grandpa, great-great-great-grandpa? <laughs> then you will reach to where? If you go all the way up, who will you reach at one point? Adam and Isa. And where is he from? Jannah. Jannah. So I'm from Jannah. Inshallah, we will get back there. <laughs> so that's but, why we say. But in between, <laughs> no, heritage, heritage from Palestine, Palestine. Palestine. Okay, mashallah. Yes. Do you still go back? Do you still have any connections? There? I never went there, but inshallah, soon uh, we'll visit. But I never visited uh, Palestine, but soon, inshallah. Have okay. you? No, not yet. Actually, one of our colleagues, Mahmoud, he's going soon, inshallah. Excellent. So uh, I've noticed in the last, I think, couple of years, a lot more people are going. Yes. Uh, they're making it, I don't know, alhamdulillah, it seems to be a bit of a revival. Yes. Going back to Palestine. There's tours taking place. Uh, many of our teachers, mashayikh, are yeah. you know, holding programs. So there is a, an in influx, as, as you oh, referenced. Right. Yes. So you're born and brought up in Saudi. And then, then w during high school, yeah. I moved to Canada. Okay. And yeah. how was the Canadian experience for you? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, is it quite cold where you were in Windsor? Yes, yeah, it can get very cold. Yes. Right. So, yeah. did you like eat the beavers' tails? And la, la, alhamdulillah. Beavers' no. tails. They, that's a famous delicacy. In it's, but not my delicacy. Oh, what's your delicacy? <laughs> what's your delicacy then? Uh, biryani. Biryani. Uh, how about that? Oh, mashallah, mashallah. But I boneless, knew there's something about but, chicken. But like. boneless uh, chicken, please. Boneless and chicken, boneless yes. meat. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm a boneless type. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't ask for much, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, alhamdulillah. So, Bo uh, kind of moved across to Windsor. Grew up, went through the normal schooling, okay? And then at which point did the... Or were you always kind of practicing? Did you start making uh, the journey from Majid to Brother Majid? Brother Majid, my journey. Um, so obviously in, uh, in Saudi Arabia, you get some foundational uh, yeah. uh, studies. Um, the thing that kind of triggered the more academic, more serious path of knowledge was actually through Al-Maghrib Institution. Okay, mashallah. So I believe I started as a student. Yeah, as a student, two thousand seven or eight. In November was my yeah. first class, and since then I got very much hooked. Mashallah. Uh, yeah. So I haven't been taking classes. What uh, was your first class? Uh, a Heart Serene by Sheikh uh, Riyad. Riyad. Yes. Yeah. It was wonderful. He's also Canadian. Or as in, was he Canadian? In yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. He lives in Canada as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a wonderful class. And from there, uh, I enjoyed it and then start joining. So Al-Maghrib was uh, the stepping stone to the finishing the degree with them. It took me like about 10 years almost to finish okay, it. Mashallah. You know, with uh, a class every three months and so on and so forth. And then got me also to learn from my local imam, local sheikh. So I got to appreciate him. So Good. And then the third and last stage so far uh, that I completed was a bachelor's in uh, from Medina International University. Okay. Which is based in Malaysia. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 IIUM? Uh, no, IIUM is in Malaysia, a very yeah. good school, but the one I went to is called Al-Medina International University. Oh. Okay, yeah. all right. And, uh, you actually went out to Malaysia? No, online. 
All online. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How how was that experience? It's good. It's a typical four year program. Did my bachelor's in fiqh and usul fiqh. So uh, alhamdulillah, it was it's good. You recommend it? Um, I need to know the person asking to be able to recommend it to them or not. So depending on the person. What's, what what qualities would you say would make a person? I I would say uh, I'll ask the person what is your goal? Yeah. Do you want to become a scholar? Do you want to have a point just to like let's say a youth director uh, that's that field of just you know da'wah within any yeah. uh, to the specific level so according to the level you want to achieve is according to the advice that you get okay yes. right, mashallah. Yes, yes. and so it was giving da'wah something that you want to do before al-maghrib so you went to al-maghrib or is it after you started going al-maghrib no no uh no it began with uh, al-maghrib then start teaching so there's videos you used to do the short videos mashallah yes. remember yes. them and then you kind of mm-hmm. say point down with the, yes, yes, the du'a yes, and stuff, yes. which was very popular. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, that was, you'd already started going to Al-Maghrib when you started to produce those? Yeah, so I was already taking classes and everything. I was not an instructor or anything no. like that, but yeah. So, and that's something obviously we, we have to appreciate, which is learning then preaching. Yeah. All right. So one cannot preach without learning. And obviously the ultimate goal, learn, practice, preach. Yeah, correct. So, uh, tried so my best to lip stick to service, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rather than lip yeah, service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's yeah, a good yeah, one. Okay. I like that. Use that. Yeah. Trademark to Trademark. Yeah. Trademark <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Okay. So now, um, how long have you been a formal teacher at Maghrib for? Um, I think I started 2016. 2016. Okay, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. Four years now. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. And teaching the same course, I believe you're teaching uh, Tazkiyah and Adab? Yes. As in separate courses or, or in one course? In one. It's, co- it's titled The Art of Manners. The Art of Manners? Yes. yes. Okay, mashallah. Yeah. And what did you use as your reference for this? Wallahi, several. Yani, uh, I'm uh, more into taking content from the actual sheikh uh, at times more than books. It depends on the situation. But most of my references come from uh, Arabic texts. Yeah. Uh, there's a very famous encyclopedia called Nadrat al-Na'im. So, so I'm about to sneeze. I'm holding it. Okay, it's gone. So it's like encyclopedia that includes any positive trait, manner you can imagine. So anything you can say right now, yeah. Modesty, humbleness, it's in that encyclopedia. And it also includes any negative traits, arrogance. Okay. So it's wonderful. And it's uh, compiled by scholars from around any different parts of the world. So that was one of the main references. And it's only available in Arabic? Yeah, as of now, okay. I, from my understanding. Yes. Okay, so, so that was a major part, yeah. And so you kind of just went through that by yourself or with, with a teacher? or. So let's say I, I read a hadith from it and I would obviously preference is that I see a, a scholar to explain the hadith to me because sometimes yeah. reading without understanding can cause more harm than good. Yeah. Salam guys. Sorry to butt in. Eh? But if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islamtunancy.com forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, uh, have you any examples of something that was seen as good manners by or bad manners that has become so prevalent today that you can't understand why it was given that status? As in, give me an example. Well, I was going to ask you for that one. You throw yeah. it back at me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, or even like a contradictory example. So, um, in certain cultures, to uh, stand up uh, for someone is seen as the done thing. Okay. In other times, it may seem that you shouldn't do it. 
Yes, you yes. know, from an Islamic perspective, to stand up for someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So reconciling sometimes, you know, what seems like contradictory yes. um, commands. Yes. Have you come across things like this? Yes, one hundred percent. So what's very beautiful about Islam, and uh, some people may not know that or not sure, Islam does not just accommodate your culture. Islam at times obligates you to take your culture as a reference. Okay. So, for example, if I were to put my feet on a table in front of my parents, yeah. in some cultures that are disrespectful. Yeah. In other cultures, it's actually not disrespectful. Canadian. <laughs> That's actually very true in a way, right? Yeah. So in, in the Canadian culture or in general, you can put your feet in, on a chair in front of your professor at school. Yes. Right. Wow. So the seat in front of you is empty. Mm-hmm. You put your feet on top of that chair and no one will rebuke you for that. It's, yeah. it's, it's fine. But you, if you do that, let's say, in one Middle Eastern culture, that's disrespectful to your teacher, disrespectful to your parents. So in one place, it can be a, a, a way to be punished by Allah, deserving of punishment. And in other way, you're not. And yeah. this is referring to what the scholars have taught us. So what's the, the rule here is to respect your parents. Yeah. So in some respect, if it's within the boundaries of Islam, that's fine. So okay. and actually, some parents, they tell you, oh, son, you look very tired. I want you to put your feet and rest. So you actually will get the reward, inshallah, inshallah, if you listen to your parents and you put your feet on the table. Inshallah. Right. So it's just, that's where the kind of culture can come in. And that's where very important as a speaker, when I teach my class, let's say about respecting parents, the examples I need to give need to be in line with the culture. Okay, yeah. So that's important. Is manners the best translation for adab? The best, uh, you know, when I was putting the, the class together, we went through the words character, yep. manners, traits, behavior, and you have all these uh, the words. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's the best. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I feel. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel. Taban, this is subjective, right? Because it's the language as well. I feel the one of the deepest words is character or nature. Yeah. So, what's your nature like? Okay. So, this is your 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 being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a deeper. So, akhlaq is a deep thing. Yeah. You know, it's uh, akhlaq is different than khalq. So, khalq is creation, okay. right? And khuluq is your character. Khalq. Yeah is your outer appearance. Yeah. Khuluq is your inner appearance. Okay, subhanAllah. So khalq I see with my sight. Yeah. Khuluq I see with insight. Wow, mashallah. You know what I mean? So uh, when I take a picture of you, I see your khalq, but not necessarily your khuluq, your yeah. character. So in Arabic, it's beautiful. The words, yeah. I will. what's the best word for this? I'll tell you in Arabic. But in English, it's kind so of subjective. Yeah, it's oh, definitely. Definite. Sometimes I've heard the word, Etiquette used, but actually etiquette isn't uh, comprehensive enough. Yes. So etiquette will tell you from in the UK we have this thing that when you go to dinner, you have your knives on the on the left and your uh, sorry your forks on the left and your knives on the right Correct. and they go outwards smaller. This particular glass is for water and da da da. That's etiquette that you mm. always start like that and you go inwards. The way you put your knife and fork and a plate, believe it or not. Yeah. If you have it crossed, it means you're still eating. If you have it, put it together and to the side, it means you weren't happy with your meal, but you finished. If you put it in the middle together, it means you were happy, satisfied with your meal and the meal is finished. So the people who are serving you will pick it up. 
So they will say, oh, it's good manners mm. to do this, but it's etiquette. But actually, you know, the point that you're saying about your being, irrespective of who you're with, where you are, the way you treat people, for example, I'm you know, trying to use this sometimes when I'm speaking to people, but you don't change that. It's who you are mm. in, in, in dealing with people. Etiquette will tell you how to behave. Yes. But I guess... Uh, it's also culture uh, exactly. influence, right? Will tell you how to be almost what's uh, good like that. So from your own experience, give us an example of um, some really bad manners or some uh, bad akhlaq that you've shown and you look back and you think, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I did that? Oh my goodness. So expose myself. Hashtag exposed. Yeah. Uh, Turning up to podcasts late. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Okay. This is a learning experience to all of us. Yeah. So when I was uh, younger... And I will say young, younger, <laughs> huh? Yeah. So. Uh, there was uh, a group of brothers sitting together. And one of them was a guest from overseas. Yeah. And while he was sitting, he criticized a cab driver. Right. He said, your cab driver here is, uh, he said, stupid and things like that. So I was shocked, you know, also the, the choice of words. Then he said, I told the cab driver to pick me up from such and such nightclub hmm. and drop me off at such and such location. And he only charged me such and such amount, which was lower than what expected. So he's like, this guy lost his mind. So when I was younger, and then this is a mistake from my end, is that I right away jumped and judged him. And I said, maybe you're the one who was drunk because you left what? Nightclub. Nightclub, and you don't know what you're doing hmm. and stuff. So he got so offended he told the one next to him, answer this guy. So the other guy spoke to him, like, Brother Majid, come on, Akhi. you kind of rushed into this. The brother was lost, and the closest place to him was the nightclub. So when he gave the address to the cab driver, the only thing was the nightclub. So he says, I'm near such and such. He was not in there. He just used it as a reference for the Google Maps, whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah. So I felt, subhanAllah, you know, the rushing of judging, you know, without clarification and giving advice and in not understanding where the other person came from and verification. So that was an example of, I think, uh, a learning curve for me. And okay. I share it with others, you know, before you give advice, uh, you know, just make sure you understand the situation fully. And do you have an example of when you were the recipient of good manners, something that made you stand back and really appreciate the, the manners of the person? Someone did something to me? Yeah. Oh, I have a lot. Of t I have a lot. You know, people overall, I think, are are, are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's not just because you look like a mobster. No, Alhamdulillah, in our community, Alhamdulillah, there's a lot of wonderful people. I have an example. Sheikh uh, Walid Basuni. Let me give you something very recent. Just yesterday, uh, he came to Birmingham, or uh, Brum, as you guys call <laughs> <Brum>. it. <laughs> So, uh, and my session was later at night. So I came to London, uh, to Bir Birmingham this morning. Okay. So before he left last night, he gave me a whole pack of chocolate. He said, take this with you on your way to Birmingham in the morning and share it with others. So these gestures, you know, oh, being very Allah. thoughtful uh, was, was such great akhlaq. Uh, another thing was another uh, brother from HQ. His name is Ali Mirali. You, okay. Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is so busy. Yeah. All right. And very very busy and he's left Birmingham, uh, London very late at night and he's 
driving back to uh, driving to Birmingham for the conference to set up everything and he's he's so exhausted and he texts me did you have dinner yani with all the schedule you have in your head and your mind and the people you're dealing with and you're ma- you want to ask if Majid had dinner or not uh, and that's so thoughtful Allah, yes. yani they, they, these these touches these touches are priceless mashallah this is just the akhlaq of being uh, caring about your brothers and sisters loving for them what you love for yourself and empathy yeah it? absolutely emotional intelligence at its yeah. best you know in a way yeah, mashallah so alhamdulillah we have yeah. we have a lot of things like yeah, that so we haven't got any chocolate for you though Sheikh. Yeah. i'm sorry yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't even ask if you had lunch or water or anything but you know don't worry about that actually it's a good good example so you're not full-time Sheikh teacher are you no, no. What do you do otherwise? What's the day job? My full-time job is actually engineering. Okay, mashallah. Yeah, so I'm a typical eight-to-five guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I work. What uh, type of engineering? Did you study engineering? In, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I have a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Okay. And I specialized in automotive. Okay. Engineering. So I work currently on shock absorbers. Shock absorbers, but the de- in Detroit. Yes, sir. I thought the car industry went down in Detroit. Was it? It did go down big time, but alhamdulillah, there's a. A, a massive pickup. GM Motors? Yes. Uh, as in, okay. So oh. I, I work and supply parts to the Cadillac uh, part of uh, vehicle type of the vehicles. The, the bounce, yeah? yeah all, all the good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. shock absorbers, you need yeah. those for the yeah. when you're playing some Buna Muhammad uh, Nasheed's Masala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we may have been listening to a couple on our journey up as well. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Okay, so that's uh, so you studied um, engineering. engineering formally. So this is what I do full time. Alhamdulillah, I've been doing it for 10 years uh, or maybe a bit. Actually, no, more. Wow. I completely uh, miscalculated. I've been doing it for a long time, more than 10 years. Okay, okay. Enjoy? Uh, Alhamdulillah. We're so blessed. You, so do blessed. Do you say, do you think you're quite, um, how should I say, logical in terms of the way you process things because of your engineering background? I uh, do not find it like that until people start telling me that. Right, okay. And this is on a side point many times for you to know who you are, hear it from other people. So mm-hmm. I did not realize that I kind of, people say, oh, I, we like sometimes, not always, mm-hmm. how you break things, you know, in your topic, yeah. uh, concise uh, description. So being detailed is part of our job, you of know, course, yeah, and yeah. making sure that I will not go to point two until you understand point mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah, so we solve a problem. To solve a problem, you have to know the root cause. Yep. So you know the root cause, you identify that, then you provide solutions, then you implement. So oh, this mashallah. very methodolic uh, met- uh, type of methodology, in, it just kind of transferred into my lecturing. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it can be. I mean, okay, so I'm going to ask you something interesting. Maybe you, you may not be able to comment on it, but I'm hoping you can, inshallah. Bismillah. They used to say that, you know, brothers from a certain type of school, Islamic mm. schools, I'll mm. just say Salafis. Okay. They went more into engineering because of the way it was structured. Allah. Versus people who are perhaps of a Sufi background or inclination, mm. they used to prefer the topics or subjects which were like the arts. Yes. But you're teaching a topic on Tazkiyah. Mm-hmm. So what's that all about? That's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so first of all, uh, uh, any... But you can understand where it's going. Yeah, because yeah, of the structure, definite. everything's kind of... Defined, you can you can even say that from a gender perspective, okay, right? So in engineering, (laughs) right? In engineering, yeah, you hardly see women, 
Alhamdulillah. Right? MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. Implementing the, like, the Islamic laws in your workplace. <laughs> May Allah protect us, uh, all of us. So, so, but there's more and more women getting into engineering. So there's uh, obviously these uh, things in nursing. You find yes. a lot more women than men, right? Yes. And just uh, tendencies. And on a side note, um, I personally do not go with uh, labels. So within uh, Sufi or Salafi, like I genuinely, okay. genuinely... Uh, not just for the podcast, and I know some people may not like that, but I do not see myself classified into uh, uh, in one way or another. Uh, there is one website, uh, it's called uh, Sheikhpedia or something like that. I forgot what is it called. It's uh, just an Wikipedia, but for speakers. Okay. And the guy classified me as Wahhabi, <laughs> right? Because I was born in Riyadh and yeah, you know yeah, lived yeah. there for... You've got the CV, bro. CV, alhamdulillah. <laughs> so... Uh, I never correlated. You brought it up. It's, it might be possible. Allah, I never correlated being uh, born, raised in Riyadh or Saudi Arabia to linking it with engineering and structure versus someone who is more uh, different uh, background. I never actually looked at it. But now that you mentioned it, I'll, I'll start. You're going to become aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Allah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, it's just interesting because look, Absolutely. the topic of Tazkiyah, for a long time, it was something people kind of associated with the mystical and the kind of the sawuf. Yes, yes. Versus tezkia. Yes. You know, and and it's it's a topic that's really missing from our point, our, our practice, really. Yes. And 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 I guess if we watch some YouTube videos of a sheikh of that background, you kind of find that. Um, not relating to some spiritual content and they're more focused on one topic over the other where other people have different school of thoughts but i think nowadays these lines are blurred yeah so i think we're just tackling the topics hopefully in 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 a, in a good way and yeah. we're also learning from uh, our scholars and, and so on and so forth and sheikh the other thing is oh brother anything anything in the workplace what i'm going to call you MJ. You <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, in my workplace, one guy asked me, can we call you Maj? Maj. Yeah, so I said, no, Maj. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, please. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you fa- do you have family? Any children? Married? Alhamdulillah, married. Uh, I have four children. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. Yeah. Ages? Um, eight, seven, three, and eight months. May Allah, may Allah protect all Ameen. of our children and Ameen, make them Rab. the coolness of our eyes. I mean, Ya Rab. So I want to ask you this because working full time mm. and then being involved in the dawah, mm-hmm. how have you made it work? Um, if any good would come out of it, then it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, any success that comes out of it, uh, once again, just to emphasize from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we can say time management, uh, skills, uh, courses, uh, workshops I attended, uh, gifted nature. No, all that is meaningless. It's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything good. Anything, uh, then you can say, then because of such and such. So first and foremost, and I'm very grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to put me in a position where I can talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's uh, first and foremost. Um, how to uh, do it? Just, uh, you know the time management, you know what you're capable of. Uh, make sure you don't take, let's say, da'wah tasks, engineering tasks at the expense of priori- uh, your priority. So this prioritization mm-hmm. aspect. Um, for example, I would not take, I would not work on a lecture 
at the expense of delaying my engineering project. Right. Because okay. that's not my deen. Yes. My religion teaches me the trust of that engineering project has to be fulfilled. You know, we're getting paid for this and so on and so forth. And then you take the da'wah tasks accordingly, for example, right? And obviously you can look backwards. Yeah. I take the da'wah because I don't want my engineering to take over my life as well. Yeah. Uh, part of our existence on earth is to uh, convey. So I think the managing between both and of course the family is, is key and always uh, talk to people around. As I said in the, uh, somewhere in our podcast, for you to know yourself, you need to ask people, right? Yeah. It's very difficult for you to know who you are just by yourself, just you assess yourself. That's one way. Uh, your, our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu what did he say? He says the believer is the mirror of the believer, right? So you get to tell me. Yeah. So I get to speak to my spouse, speak to my children. How is everything? How am I doing, right? Do you think I'm traveling too much? Do you think yeah. I'm working? So they tell you, you know what, you're doing good here, but adjust there. And you take their advice. Yeah. So when I hear from family and hear from especially closer ones, right? Uh, I adjust accordingly, inshallah. And then just hear from them. Salam guys, me again, reminding you to head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on on Islam21c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. There's a, there's a saying in business as well, perception is reality. Mm. So the perception people have of you Absolutely. is actually the reality. Yes. Uh, you know. So the fact that alhamdulillah you've got the balance in Allah's put barakah in your life and your time in Allah put more barakah in it that Allah gave you the topic to do all of this. People who are working, and you must have colleagues who are Muslims as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I work, again, in one of these type of organizations, and often you find the Muslims who work, they're saying, that, look, you know, how do, we, how do we practice Islam when we focus on work? What advice do you give your colleagues who want to get closer to Allah, yet still, you know, they're doing, uh, fulfilling the rights of their work? That's a very good question. Um, obviously, you can get carried away at, in the workplace, uh, mm. especially if you're living in or at, surrounded by people who may not really worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it, it can be challenging. If I have one and only one advice, I would say be sure to hang out with believers. You know, yes, Be well. sure to hang out with someone who will remind you to say Bismillah before you eat and you drink, right? Someone that tells you, oh, did you pray dhuhr? This is priceless. You know, yeah, yeah. At work, you get carried away with uh, meetings and so on. So the one of the ultimate advices, uh, or advice I would actually give is surround yourself with uh, righteous companionship and make sure that um, at work, you know, I, I face it uh, multiple occasions of being offered things that are completely against my faith. Yeah. And, you know, respectfully uh, reject it, respectfully uh, maybe provide them a substitution or alternative. And then just uh, be strong enough, especially in, let's say, in the U.S. I'm not sure about the U.K., but I'm assuming it's similar. We have, we, alhamdulillah, we're so blessed to live in this part of the world. And, and some people get shocked by saying that. No, we're really blessed to live in, uh, let's say, in my situation, the U.S., Canada. There's a lot of, uh, yes, messed up things there. But also there's a lot of great things there as well, right? Oh, yeah. So we have our rights and the religious rights and so on. So you tell someone, I don't do one, two, and three. And you'll be shocked at how many people respect that. You know, the, I remember clearly one person said to me, we really respect how you hold tight your principles. So Inshallah. people honor that, Yanni. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. So I want to ask you actually something that's kind of just literally come to my mind as sure. you're talking that brings in your being an engineer in the workplace, your tazkiyah mm. and good adab. 
mm-hmm. right? And this is a challenge a lot of Muslims face in the workplaces. When it comes, you must have this for annual reviews. Yes. So how you've performed and you get marked on how well yes. you've done in the workplace. As a Muslim, you have this thing that, look, you don't talk about the good that you've done. Mm-hmm. Number one. So yeah. from a Tazkia perspective, you want to stay humble. Humble. Yeah. To the way you speak to management mm-hmm. as well from an other perspective. Yes. Right. But at the same time, you want to be a proactive, successful Muslim in the workplace. Yes. What advice do you give people in that situation? How do you deal with it? Um, in the workplace, I would say uh, assess the situation of what to say and when to say it and how to say it. It, 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 it plays a role. So I'll give an example. Um, w- in my situation, I'm under pressure naturally to represent Islam as best as possible, yeah. right? Because whatever move you do, it's Islam, yeah. right? Especially that, oh, you're a Muslim preacher. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Once they know that, then yeah, yeah. yeah. So off. everything you're, you're, you know, this is something to uh, to keep in mind. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, in general, in Islam, in general, what we learn, Allah says, "Udu Rabbakum wa So you preach, you you worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Sorry, you worship Allah in privacy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your default status is to be keeping it to yourself unless there's a benefit to go public, like donation. Yes, you can donate in public, you can promote such, such so on and so forth. So in the workplace, it's, understand, it's understood that when you speak about yourself, it's not arrogance. Yeah. You see the difference? Okay. So people do not perceive you that, oh, you're showing off. No, that's how the things work in this way. You say, I've done this project in such time and I exceeded expectations. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I remember one time there was uh, uh, the top 10 uh, students in engineering. Right. Alhamdulillah, in one year I was one of the top 10. And, but my name was not on the list that is published, which everyone looks at as they walk by the dean's office. And Allah knows my intention, but I genuinely, genuinely did not care that my name was there. But I wanted my name there. So when people walk by, they see Mahmoud, a Muslim name in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I went and I spoke to them. They apologized and they added Majid Mahmoud. So I may n- not do that necessarily in other places, but I think in this place I wanted uh, that uh, to, to, be. to be known. But once again, you assess a situation that should not, in certain cases, be your default status. Keep boasting about everything. Look at my uh, <laughs> achievements and so on. But in certain situations, that's what you have to say to be able to move forward, to grow, and so on and so forth. And then I guess it's important, the point that you were making earlier about being connected to good people that keep you in check. Yes, yes. Otherwise, you can start believing your own hype. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ah, ahsan. Ahsan. Put your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> no, ahsan. And honestly, in the workplace, I would just say that from a corporate world, um, if you need to say your achievements, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. your achievements should speak for themselves your behavior, your actions, right? I don't have to tell my manager I do everything on time. No, he has to know that already, Yeah. right? So if you see yourself, you're justifying it to someone who should have known, then there's a, something wrong about that. Okay. Unless you're going for a new job. That's a different story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You tell okay. them I did one, two, and three. But usually in your lo- a local job, you should be any known. Oh, good, yes. okay, alhamdulillah. So you kind of attended Al-Maghrib, you were saying uh, that kind of brought you into this um, t- into practicing and being more active in the dawah scene. Mm. Who were your favorite scholars 
and they didn't that you had access to the Arabic language as well. Alhamdulillah. That had an impact on you. Yeah. And I say favorite, I say. Maybe that's the wrong word, right? But you tell me, as in, who who the scholars? So maybe you're, you're, the you you mean who had the most impact on? That's me? right. How about that? Right? Yeah, let's go with that. So uh, impact-wise, everyone had an impact. Like, I literally, طبعًا. No, but properly. No, no. See, the only one you can kind of exaggerate something is maybe your spouse, right? The <laughs> best uh, cook, the best uh, looks, the best speech, the best touch and such. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, when it comes to the instructors, I. You name me any instructor, I can give you a story of that they impacted me. Any instructor to that level, any really? yeah, anyone. Sheikh Abdul Bari Yahya, Sheikh Hassan Hanif, Sheikh Wali Basuni, Sheikh Abdul Hakim, quick everyone, every single one. Doctor Rida when he was teaching, Doctor Sheikh Riyad, every every single one. So everyone had an impact. Sheikh Abu Isa definitely, most definitely. Sheikh Isa taught, taught me uh, being uh, blunt, you know, uh, but uh, it can be a bit controversial. Yeah, 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 yeah. But definitely learn from him as well. Uh, let me tell you something about Sheikh Abu Isa since you mentioned him. Uh, you know how, and I actually thought about Sheikh Abu Isa while you're talking and you said, you know, Allah put barak in your time. You did this one, two, and three. So I said the same thing to Sheikh Abu Isa. We were in Canada. I told Sheikh Abu Isa, you did all of these things in your life. And mashallah, yani, you're relatively young. You did this and you did that. And then he, lo he looked at me. He doesn't even know me like so well. It was just many, many years yeah. ago. He said, if you're impressed by me, he said, you have such low standards. I'm like, what? How can you say that? Like, you, know, you don't know me that well. And he just gave it to me in my face. If I'm so impressive to you, that means you have low standards. So that's very humbling to him. But yeah. in a way, in a way, it can look insulting to me. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, but so I, I will. I was about to say, don't worry, that's why we're not impressed by you. So the point being is that uh, also yeah. we learned that from him, right? Mashallah, good. Yeah, excellent. So every, every sheikh, every sheikh, Sheikh Yasser Qadi, Sheikh Umar Suleiman, it's just everyone, everyone. I'll tell you one thing about Sheikh Walid Bissuni, uh, there's a lot. He was walking one time, teaching a class, a Maghrib class, and he tripped uh, due to one of the electric wires. Yeah, and when he tripped, the first thing he said was Bismillah, and that's not easy. Yeah, because it's so un uh, subconscious. So this kind of, I'm like, I was so impressed. And out of the whole class, I would say the highlight of my class. Some people are like, "Come on, you're exaggerating." No, one of the highlights of this whole weekend was when he was about to fall off a wire, because that was subconscious. Yeah. When you teach, you can. I'm not saying act. You can. It's a performance. You yeah. know. You can. But when you are about to fall, that's it is when who you are. Yeah, your true colors show up. And that's what the Prophet Sallallahu he teaches that's us right. that the, uh, so the true patience pop up the moment you're struck with a calamity. Right? Yeah. So I would just things like that we all learn. Yeah. Are you quite close to the other Canadian mashaykh? Uh, so Sheikh Naved is he? Sheikh Naved, mashallah. Sheikh Allah, for example. These are the, some, the, some of the ones. Yeah, that wonderful. We know. Wonderful. May Allah bless them. Not very. Mm -hmm. uh, Sheikh Naved, alhamdulillah, uh, you know, I actually just spoke to him uh, two days ago. Um, he's in Medina. May Allah accept from him. Uh, no, wonderful. Alhamdulillah. We have good connections overall. And this is the great vibe we have, honestly, with, you know, I learned from our mashayikh how they're just, we have difference, differences of opinion, but there's respect, there's things of yeah. that sort. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's different 
when I say Canada, but because for the UK, you've got different machines from the UK, still quite small. Yeah. But Canada's huge, yeah? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think we have a fewer shiuch than UK, my assumption. Okay. In probably, UK, yeah. you have a huge number. Yeah, mashallah. So Canada may be bigger in land, but a lot smaller in the amount of uh, people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And uh, the land of maple syrup, yeah? Ahsant. No. You like maple syrup? Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> you won't revoke your passport, don't worry. <laughs> so what was the first big conference that you spoke at? The first conference I ever uh, was invited to uh, was in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Uh, Did you go to Disneyland as well? Yeah, Disneyland. I actually took my whole family. Uh, oh, mashallah. Yeah. Uh, it was so exciting conference and so on and so forth. Alhamdulillah, may Allah grant us sincerity and stuff I mean, like that. How did you feel going from that student to teacher? Like, did you, did, Was it something that you thought about or was it uh, you felt, okay, Alhamdulillah, this is a privilege and an honor? Or did you feel that perhaps I shouldn't be there? At the beginning, I never ever thought in my life I will be doing what I'm doing now, ever. Uh, but as I got to learn more and more, I still did not see myself until one time I was in a Friday khutbah yeah. and the khatib did not show up. I yeah. never gave a Friday khutbah before, ever, or a lecture. And I'm talking, I'm getting relatively older and older. Um, and one guy said, you know, we have Brother Majid. I'm like, are you crazy? He's like, yeah, you go give khutbah, bro. The khatib didn't show up. I'm like, I never give khutbah. He's like, no, go for it. So when I delivered the Friday khutbah, I'm like, wow, this is, you know what, this is, I felt very good. But still, what did I tell you a few times? You hear it from the people. Yeah. So the principal of the school, because it was at the school, they, she said to me, can you give Friday khutbah next time? She's like, that was, we appreciate that. It wasn't too bad, you know. So then that's when, when this started happening, few talks here and there, and then, I, then, then that's when I saw it coming, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. But the transition was, obviously, I was very emotional. I remember getting the phone call from Al-Maghrib saying, uh, we're looking you know, to hire you, things of that sort. Obviously, it's, uh, it, I pray to Allah to never allow me to take it for granted. understanding, you know, Just to appreciate every moment, and it's a responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. So just thinking about that point, actually, um, Going from, you know, becoming the khatib, mm. you know, and that kind of those feelings when you have it. Did you, Sheikh Haytham, one of our scholars, one no. of the senior scholars yeah. in the UK, he always gives advice to, to his own students. And he says, you know, once you become known as a speaker or a da'i or a scholar, he goes, always be prepared to step up. Oh. He goes, wherever you go, always be prepared. Because once you're known as that, they will see you, they will look to you for that, you know, nice. and always be ready. So mm -hmm. he goes, you know, I, I make sure. And so he, I start to see actually with some of the students that they would, wherever they go, they'd always bring their notes. Nice. Because they never know that when the opportunity arises or the need arises that they're there for it. So subhanAllah, they're like, they called you for Juma, you know? Yeah. Going to yes. be ready. Going to be ready. Good advice. Well, I appreciate yeah, that. Fine. When you're at the, in work, do you do Juma in the office or do you go to the masjid? So we, uh, we do have, a, alhamdulillah, uh, a significant amount of Muslims in my workplace. So yeah. we have uh, a Friday khutbah at the uh, workplace at times. But I usually uh, go out to the masajid. Okay, yeah. good, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. Generally, where you are in Windsor, what's the makeup of um, the, the Muslims? Is, are they from a specific um, region, um, specific cultural group, or is it quite... In diverse? Windsor, or where do I live now? 
Oh, where do you live now then? So I moved to Detroit or Dearborn. Oh, sorry. Dearborn, yeah, Michigan. Dearborn, Dearborn, Michigan, yeah. So Dearborn is uh, known to be one of the most uh, congested areas with Arab in yes. the entire nation. Yeah. So uh, it's a lot of Arab over there in Dearborn. Um, we have even uh, a sister, an older sister. She swears to God that she lived in Dearborn for 10 years. She never spoke English. Never. Really? All the Arabi. Even one time she said a cop stopped her and he started speaking to her in English. So the one thing she knows, and he says, me know English, me know English. So okay. he said, I'm Arab. I will speak to you Arabi. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's known about Dearborn. Uh-huh. But if you go into the suburbs, that's where you get very uh, diverse, wonderful people uh, around. And okay, from uh, Pakistani to... Um, you have uh, Somali, you have a big Bengali community. Wonderful, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah, mashaAllah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. have, have you had Bengali cuisine? Uh, Bengali cuisine? No. No, I don't think so. You know what? Because I'm not Bengali, I can't even crack a joke about it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but okay, good, alhamdulillah. But you like biryani? Biryani, your number one dish or? Uh, one of the top, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, it's up there. Is it? Yeah. MashaAllah, mashaAllah. Yeah. But generally, the food that you have, is it, would you say Middle Eastern? or Middle Eastern, yes. Okay, okay. MashaAllah, mashaAllah. Yes, yes. Do you do much cooking yourself? No. Can you beat an egg? Yes. MashaAllah. <laughs> <laughs> inshallah. Only when he's been naughty, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. MashaAllah. But actually, no, I've, I've never in my life cooked, actually. Nothing? Never in my life. The only thing, if any... The furthest I went was scrambled eggs. Alhamdulillah. And that was like times of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never... Uh, it's a bad thing, I guess, sometimes. Well, but why is it bad? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. As long as my marriage life is healthy. Uh, <laughs> in, in Allah, Allah bless your marriage. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allah in, bless in, your marriage. Uh, yeah, remember, it's just, what does the wife think? If she's okay with it, I'm like... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask the question you go back now today. What's your view of me being able to cook? Yes, yes. But I think uh, I'm sure the wives in general would appreciate uh, when the husband tries. Uh, yeah, so you know, I can do a bagel, <laughs> <laughs> put cream cheese on it, and, stuff. and a bit of salmon. Yeah, you like uh, salmon? Uh, smoked salmon. Yes, of course, salmon. absolutely. Mashallah, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. So look, um, what advice would you give our Listeners and viewers with regards to manners, how, what's the kind of top three things you could say as advice? For manners, um, it should be everyone's goal yeah. to improve in their manners. You should never, ever, until your last breath, settle with your level of character and manners. You should always seek improvement. And uh, to back this up, Muhammad alayhi salatu wassalam, Rasulullah, um, Allah says in the Quran, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ You have great character. So uh, some people, when they are praised very much, they don't improve because they say, I, 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 I'm the best at this, right? So why should I improve? Yeah. The Prophet ﷺ, Allah is telling him, you're absolutely phenomenal, you're great. But the Prophet himself used to ask Allah to have him improve his character. So, so if the Prophet ﷺ himself used to ask Allah to have his character improved, then what about us? Yeah. Right? And I have a statement. I say, whoever does not see the need to learn more about manners is a sign that they need it more than anyone almost. Yes, true. Right? So many people belittle such topics. Like, come on, it's not a big deal. No, it's, it's, this is what Islam is all about. And it's a big statement to say, right? Islam is all about character.
Assalamualaikum guys, last reminder I promise, head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. How do you reconcile that um, with the people who then just focus on it? Because you have this as well, Look, Pakistan where I'm from, uh, I guess this is generally in the subcontinent, they all say, Oh, they talk about حقوق الإباد. They say, look, people don't treat each other well. Mm. They and they just focus. I'm a good person. You must yeah. have heard this. Yes, yes. I'm a good person. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Where's the balance? The balance is, uh, we know, when I said Islam is all about good character, but the here good character is with the Creator and the creation. Yeah, so Rasulullah he says He says I was not sent for any other reason Except to perfect good character So what is Islam? It's all about character That's why he was sent But I think where we kind of You have the and he, Roughly, roughly This is very generic Two groups yeah. People that focus on Their relationship with Allah Like salah, fasting That kind of mm-hmm. And then others but they do horrible with the people, yeah. right? Maybe be rude, harsh. But it's a contract. Yeah. But then you have others, they're like, you know, such sweethearts, right? They're so kind with people. But where's your salah? Yeah, there's no need, you know, uh, as long as my heart is pure. Mm-hmm. So you have like two very distinct uh, type of uh, groups. And by the way, even that is wrong in a way, because when you are good to Allah, that means you're good to the p- creation. Yeah. You can't actually separate that. Um, and then that's where you c- come in the picture and you see Rasulullah who mastered both. No. He used to pray at the night and he used to serve the people in the day, right? Yeah. So trying to combine these two is what uh, our, aspir- uh, in our dream is to be that type of person who is so great with the Creator and so great with the creation as well. I mean, alhamdulillah. And from a point of tazkiyah, mm. what advice would you give the people? The advice... Um, Wallahi, Sheikh, I, it really boils down to the point I mentioned, friendship. Just yeah. tell me who your friends are, you know. If, if, if you're able to work this out, I think, inshallah, everything else will be easy. And it's a big statement to say, I do realize that. Yeah. Um, you know, let's say I get 10 phone calls about parents complaining about their child. Brother Majid, please help us out. My son, my daughter, this, this, and that. You know, people have different way of asking questions and uh, having a diagnosis, right? My first question, one of my first, first questions is that I ask the parent. They said, my child has changed. My child no longer does this. My first question, have you noticed a change in their friends? Yeah. Allah's my witness. Nine out of ten said yes. Nine out of ten say yes. And even one parent said, and yes, how do you know, Brother Majid? I said, no, I'm just asking. No, 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 you know something that we do not know. I'm like, la wallahi, I'm just asking, have you noticed a change in their friends? Because that's, it's the essence. You know, it's just, 
the, the whole friendship aspect. And I know this very famous hadith that the man who committed a major sin, you know, he killed 100 people, right? Mm -hmm. Very famous, authentic narration. He went to a alim, a scholar. He says, would Allah ever forgive me? I want to return back to Allah. He says, inshallah, there's room for Allah to accept your repentance. Now this scholar, and I want you to put yourself in their shoes and in the shoes of the one who committed that sin, who's genuine, they want to, what? to repent. Yeah. Now the one who committed that sin is all ears, correct? Like whatever the scholar tells him he will do. And yeah. the scholar knows that, correct? Yes. Out of everything the scholar knows in Islam, everything out there, he gave him one and only one advice. He didn't give him two, he didn't give him three, he gave him one. He didn't say this is a translation to the holy book of the time. Yeah. He didn't say go, this is a pamphlet for you to read. He didn't say go to this location, no. He said, by the way, I don't belittle any of that. All these things yeah, are good. Yeah, yeah. He said to him, you are around people who are corrupted. So let go of that group of people. Is that enough? No. He said, then go to such and such location. In it are righteous people. And then that man, we know he left the wrong crowd. Yeah. And on his way to the good crowd or the other city, so yes. city A, he went to city B and he died, right? Yeah, on the way, yeah. And then the angels came to judge, and then with Allah's help, of course, and they determined that the man died closer to city B. Yeah. What does this tell you? As if what determined whether this man made it to heaven or hell was what? Who were his friends? Because he was closer to the righteous. Yeah. And that's as a result. So this is what the scholar has advised. And this is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. And it really comes down to it. If I have one last thing, to, I pray for my children. Yeah. yeah, we pray for them to be steadfast in their yeah. prayer. 100%. But the dua of oh Allah, grant my children righteous friends. Mm -hmm. That's that's key. Yeah. And if, even for adults as well. It's not just a, chi a child thing, topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's my advice for tazkiyah, advice to be committed, advice to be steadfast. You know, I walk with you. If I said something that is wrong, inshallah, you'll advise me, right? Uh -huh. And then that's the, that's the thing. Yani. I can listen to a lecture, that's great, but having a great friend, that's priceless. Of course, of course. They will impact you without you even realizing. Yes. And how many traits do you share with your close yes. friends? Yes, absolutely. You don't even realize. Absolutely. Uh, Brother Majid, I'd like to say it will start. Oh, whatever, whatever you like, Sheikh, whatever you, you're comfortable with. Jazakumullah, yeah. I really appreciate it. Huh. And I guess the people won't know this, but you literally drove up here, got out of your car and walked straight here. Yes. So we appreciate that as well. Allah bless, you. Appreciate. Allah bless your family. Uh, Allah allow us to take your advice, Amen. inshallah, and have good righteous companions uh, in this world and then give us those in the hereafter. Ameen, Ya Rabbi. Ameen, Ya Rabbi. I just want to also, if you don't mind, just want to cool. thank all those who are listening. So if you listened, Jazakallah uh, Khair, and I appreciate your patience, and may Allah allow you to apply whatever good that you have learned. And I want to thank you uh, to our dear host, Jazakallah Khair, and uh, our brother who we typically have hosted, but he's not here, so may Allah also bless him. Amen. And our brothers behind the camera, behind the laptop, and all those behind the scenes, so say thank you so much, Jazakallah Khair. This is teamwork, and this is an example of how a team works. They may hear the voice, right? The people are hearing just you and I speaking, That's right. but they may not know there's a massive team behind all of this put together. Right. So, Zakmullah khair to all of you. Thank so, you so much. So, we've done our side. You can be part of the team as well. Please do like, share, comment as well. Perhaps you've got some good examples of good 
adab that you'd like to share, please share them in the comments. Let other people benefit from it as well. Share it with your friends, inshallah. And you will find us across all platforms, Apple, Android, YouTube as well. And share it with your family. You know, we try and make these podcasts a little bit more conversational so people can see that actually they're real people, uh, our guests, alhamdulillah. So Jazakumul Hayr from Umar Suleiman on behalf of Islam 21C Unscripted Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Uh, uh,